Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Robotics. I'm your host, Nikki Rousseau, and it's my pleasure to introduce you to the robotics community in Australia. Today is episode 140, and it's my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Xavier Orr. Xavier is a co-founder and CEO of Advanced Navigation, who are, of course, a major sponsor of Robotics Australia Group. Advanced Navigation develops industry-leading navigation and robotic technologies for air, land, sea, and space applications. The navigational technologies are based on artificial intelligence and neural networks, with application in underwater acoustics, GPS, radio frequency systems, and robotics. Advanced Navigation have over 70,000 solutions in operations for 3,500 clients in over 70 countries. These clients include Boeing, Airbus, Tesla, and NASA, as well as all the top five manufacturers globally, nine of 10 largest global defense teams and sailing teams, Wild Oats 11 and Oracle Teams US. Advanced Navigations are currently building navigational technology for NASA's Artemis Lunar Exploration Program, which will help NASA launch missions to the moon and Mars. Xavier, welcome and thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Nikki. Just on the introduction alone, congratulations on your fabulous achievements with uh, your co-founder, Chris Shaw. Oh, thank you, Nikki. Absolutely wonderful. So you're both from Western Australia, Perth, and um, you're now based in Sydney. But tell us a little bit about your journey, which led you and Chris to start Advanced Navigation. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I guess it goes back to the University of Western Australia. And so me and Chris met there. He was in the motorsport team and I was I was working closely uh, with him as part of that and um, and some other robotics work that was happening at the university. And one of the things that um, I was working on at the time, I'd done a lot of neural network, which is basically um, the backbone of AI. So I was working on neural networking for about three or four years and, and, and came across the Kalman filter. And the Kalman filter is this algorithm. You really find it everywhere. It's in your car, your house, um, in multiple devices you own. Really anywhere where you find sensors, you'll find this Kalman filter. And um, Kalman filter allows you to remove errors from sensors is one of its big, big strengths. And it was developed in the 1960s and really... It was quite a revolution, but hasn't had really major updates since the 60s. So why uh, I decided to do my thesis on a neural network approach to replacing the Kalman filter, that was really where advanced navigation began. So that, that thesis then became the, the technology that we that we based advanced navigation on. So me and Chris left uni and, um, and decided to spin the technology out into a company. And so, yeah, that was um, a couple of years after the thesis in 2009. Um, there was a few years of development. Um, in 2012, uh, we started Advanced Navigation to commercialise that technology. Well, congratulations. And I mean, you talk about your life at uni with Chris. You would think most students are just running around and having a party and a blast. I'm assuming you did all of that as well. But was it an obvious fit for you and Chris that this is something that you were going to do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Chris's expertise is in sensors, electronics and um, MEMS and microelectronics. So he was a really great fit for the other side of the equation, because uh, I guess with this algorithm technology, then need hardware sensors and everything to work with it. So it was a really great pairing. 
for us to join join forces and start advanced navigation. And it was obviously you based in Sydney now, was that just an obvious move from Perth that you thought this is where you needed to be? Yeah, so um, Perth is very predominantly uh, mining and oil and gas. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of competition for engineers in Perth um, from those industries. So it, it does make it a bit, um, bit more challenging to do high-tech startups there. So yeah, we decided to move to Sydney so that we had, had full access to top talent. So you've mentioned the navigational technologies are based on artificial intelligence neural networks uh, with application in underwater acoustics, GPS, radio frequency systems, and robotics. So what are examples of this? The neural net, yeah, the way it works is uh, a Kalman filter actually like at the heart of it has a um, has a physics model and that's that's how it works. So it's mapping the sensors to a physics model and that then it can it can estimate the error of the sensor and remove it and then you get a, a really clean result. So that's that 1960s tech that I was talking about. That's how that works. And so really the neural network tech works in the same way. You have a physics model um, and you use that to estimate errors that you can remove from the sensors to get a better solution. I guess the difference with the neural network technology is um, it's a far better physics model and very specific for the application and it learns as you like, as you're operating. So the result is you get a 10 times better like removal of those sensor errors, which gives you kind of uh, up to a 10 times better solution at the end, at the end of it. And so that, that has a lot of applications. So things like aerospace, you can get a lot higher accuracy in a lot smaller package. So for things like drones, it's, it's a really big deal because to be able to reach that level of accuracy before you'd need a humongous unit that was not really practical to carry on a drone. And so now with this technology, you can shrink it down enough to be able to carry it on a drone. In the underwater space, navigation is a huge challenge underwater because radio waves don't work underwater. They don't travel very far, so you can't use GPS and you can't, can't use other radio-based navigation aids. So you're heavily reliant on inertial navigation and, and things like sonar. And so this, the, everyone is trying to squeeze out the maximum accuracy they can in the smallest size and package. And so this has, has major applications underwater. And I guess it's really hit many industries from, you know, you've got space as well, underground applications, marine. It's really, you know, been transformative to a lot of industries. Um, you mentioned drones. Of course, we um, co-hosted an event with you at fantastic office in Sydney last year. And uh, we're hoping to do another one with you, but it was on bushfire mitigation. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that and how it's being applied there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, in the, the bushfire space, we have a, a drone fleet management platform called Cloud Ground Control, and that's being used to to track the drones, the drone fleet that is um, operating the bushfire command and control. So that's in trials at the moment, and we hope to have that deployed in the near future. We also are testing technology that's called ultra-wideband technology that basically tracks firefighters when they're fighting a fire so that you know where where everyone is where all the personnel are as they're navigating you know these complex fire environments and really it, it's about safety of life so being able to know where everyone is um, you know you can make sure no one gets in in harm's way as the fire front changes and things like that 
Um, so yeah, those are the two two major tasks that we're uh, that we're testing out with the the bushfire organisations. Congratulations! You know, like I think um, with the vast array of robotics that we cover off in Australia, from industrial robots to field robots, um, I think Australia is really leading the way in field robotics. And would you agree with me that I think a lot of countries are looking to our solutions that we're adopting and developing here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Um, I was reading the other day that for uh, robotics hiring, you know, Australia and um, Sydney is is number three in the world. So for hiring staff in in the robotics sector, number three, which is was a really um, surprising stat. And um, I mean, it really just goes to show how how well the industry is developing here. There are so many robotics platforms in development, and and you know, I see new exciting systems every day that are coming out you know we've got world-class uh like window washing robots going up and down skyscrapers you know we've got hull cleaning robots you know we have ground robots the firefighting robots you know the robots that are clean the harbour bridge there is a, a huge ecosystem happening here in australia yeah for those of that you don't know that Xavier is uh, referring to abby from defy high and probably carbonics and uh Tom from Hullbot. So am I right in making that? Yes. Yeah, you got got them all there. (laughs) I've got them all there. And they're all Australian (laughs) companies that you need to be keeping an eye on. So you opened up a new high-tech manufacturing facility uh, based at the UTS Tech Lab in Botany Bay last year. And um, what is your involvement there and why is that a particularly good uh, premises for you? Uh, yeah, so the um, the tech labs is a really great great option for us. I guess uh, it, it gives us access to a site that's relative. It's it's a really good location, so we're close to the airport. Really good access to public transport, and so the this site itself has some really geological importance for us. So it's pinned into bedrock with an enormous concrete slab. And so we were looking at actually having to build this ourselves and do an enormous, you know, uh, 200,000 tonne slab before we found that UTS had already already built a system like or built a premise like that. Um, and so that that is really important for a number of high-tech applications when you're doing photonics and optics as well as inertial sensors. You really want to have minimal vibration coming in from the outside and so uh site is really perfectly set up for that so a large large format site it's it's ready to go with clean rooms and we're able to install all our um, all our production equipment and um you know highly vibration sensitive manufacturing gear in there and we're ready to go and then um it's it's sort of uh there's a large amount of uh, additional capacity that we can take up um, and we have shared facilities with other high-tech manufacturers for example liquid nitrogen can be one of the more costly exercises of high-tech manufacturing you know storing and managing and um and sucking that out of the air so you know being able to share all of that kind of equipment and the clean room equipment between multiple high-tech manufacturers um is is really advantageous in terms of cost yeah i was actually at the opening there again congratulations on your it feels as though your trajectory is literally you're taking off and you're going to mars excuse the puns you're talking about space but that's yeah. how i view your your acceleration so you're actually working and supporting space companies like intuitive machines and nasa with their space missions to the moon what do you think 
is going to be the impact on our space industry here with advanced navigation. Dare I say, say leading the way a little bit? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I guess um, that the LiDAR of tech, which is uh, people, a lot of people would know about LiDAR, which is like detection and ranging. So um, it kind of gives you a point cloud of, of positions. So the technology that we acquired out of um, Australian National University is a technology that we're calling LiDAV, and um, and that's basically light detection, altimetry, and velocity. So um, it it's basically like LiDAR with a hit on like turbocharged LiDAR. So you've got a heap of extra parameters. So you you are also getting velocity of every point. You can get angular rotations of each point. So uh, you can get density measurements of uh, of what the laser is pointing at. So that technology is the technology that's going up with intuitive machines, and that has quite profound impacts on on being able to land on surfaces. So um, being able to land on the lunar surface, that LIDAV technology really takes all the risk out of those lunar landing. So, you know, we, we're very lucky to have the patience on that and really puts us in a position as, uh, you know, to be world-class in that space race to get back to the moon. And how do you think the space sector generally is developing in Australia? Because, I mean, it feels as though we're coming from a little bit of a, um, on the back foot, this isn't traditionally the sector that we really play in. Yeah, I think it's really, you know, we've developed a, a lot of world-class technologies in Australia and now we're looking at how we can apply those to the space sector. You know, we have all of the, the mining companies and oil and gas companies looking at how they can deploy their, um, their remote operations tech to the space sector with some like exciting developments on lunar landers and things like that. You know, we've got a, a number of great uh, launch systems in development here. And then we've got an, a whole heap of other technologies um, that are kind of associated with top technologies like the kind of advanced navigation develops with our fiber optic gyroscope um, navigation systems and our light earth technology that really support that ecosystem. Of course, I refer to you as a DFOG, the acronym. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the, the DFOG is the digital fiber optic gyroscope um, technology that's derived from both RMIT and ANU universities, um, as well as, you know, about five, five to ten years worth of advanced navigation research going in there as well. On a more uh, humanitarian or supportive level, you and Chris support a lot of organisations. I'm always seeing uh, your touch somewhere that they mention advanced navigation is supporting them. And as I've mentioned, it are open that you're one of our major sponsors. So thank you for supporting Robotics Australia Group. Why is this important to you and Chris to be putting back into the ecosystem? We really love, you know, what you guys are doing at Robotics Australia Group and um, and we really love a number of these these organisations where they're really promoting promoting the growth of the ecosystem here in Australia. And really, as that ecosystem grows, everyone here benefits. So, you know, we're highly supportive of that. I think the saying, um, the rising tide lifts all ship comes to mind. And again, thank you to Advanced Navigation. So you and Chris's combined CEOs, how does this work out for you? Have you had any challenges with a combined role? Uh, yeah, so co-CEOs, um, you know, we have, a, we have a number of them in Australia, probably, you know, one of the prominent ones being Atlassian. Um, but really what 
what it requires to do co-CEO is a very deep level of trust um, between the two people. And you'll generally find co-CEOs have a have a deep personal, you know, background uh, relationship. And I guess that was the case with me and Chris. Um, you know, we close at university, good friends. We worked together for many years at university. And we actually lived together in a share house at university. So we had really had many years to develop that um that deep trust in each other. And when you have co-CEOs, it's very important that you um, divide and conquer. So, you know, if you have two CEOs working on the same things, it's a, it's a total waste of time. So it's very important that, you know, each of you, we have split duties and we split the work. And really what that allows you to do is to, you know, you have double the capacity. So you can do double the amount of things. Um, so when you can do it that way, it has huge benefits for the business. And on a practical level, do you and Chris catch up every day at the end of the day and just cover off like, how does this translate into how it actually works? Yes, we probably, um, you know, chat a couple times a day. It, it doesn't need to be formal. I guess we have a formal catch up once a week um, where we'll sit down for an hour and, and, and deep dive on lots of things, but we'll be in at least a couple meetings every day. Um, you know, where we'll chat over things. Well, congratulations to both because it obviously is working very well for you guys. Any advice to any startups out there thinking of going down the same road as you and Chris in terms of this? I, I mean, I think it, it's a very beneficial arrangement. Yeah, and I think as long as you have the trust and as long as, you know, you you make sure that you're dividing the um, dividing the work and not not both working on the same things, it can be very extremely beneficial. So your team is growing constantly. Every time I speak to you or one of your staff, stay for Eleanor, I know someone else has been onboarded. Where are you finding the people in Australia to work for you? We've had a really good run of hiring lately. So I think, you know, during the COVID era, we were having some trouble. It was more more difficult hiring, but uh, recently we found just a lot of a lot of great talent on the market and um and I think, you know, people people generally can get excited with what we're doing. So, you know, it not really had too much trouble finding people. And there is some really great talent in Sydney. We're really lucky in that there's some some really great companies here and generally like they up the level of, of the the people that are here as well. So, you know, you have some of these big companies like um, you know, ResMed. Nanasonics and um, you know there's a whole heap of them and the engineers that come out of these companies um, you know have been working on high tech and um, and they're at a high caliber because of the um, the training that they're given at these companies so yeah it, it is a great ecosystem for hiring. It's fantastic because you know the assumption today is people don't stay with companies very long you know maybe a year two years but the way you're describing it is that anyone going through the ecosystem at the moment there, you can assume they've had great training. So it's a sort of an interchangeable, if you want to call it platform, that they work for you for a few years and then they go to someone else and, you know, you invest in your staff because you, the assumption is other people are investing in their staff and you're all going to benefit from it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which again is the rising tide lifts all ships. So uh, to all employers out there, it is worth investing your staff because even if they decide after a period of time to move on, you know, the ecosystem is based on that. Everyone's going to win. Yeah, definitely. So what have your biggest challenges been to date? 
Well, I guess, look, manufacturing definitely, uh, you know, isn't easy at all times. And so, yeah, opening the two manufacturing facilities last year, they were both two, um, two large manufacturing facilities, I guess, uh, was a lot at once. We also um, operate at both an automotive quality standard and an aerospace quality standard. So we're bound by both, which are very strict, very high level quality standards. That we um that we have to meet um and so when you're actually like changing and op- opening a new manufacturing facility it's kind of like changing the uh changing the wings on a plane while you're trying to fly so uh <laughs> those uh that can be challenging and it, it definitely um definitely was challenging fortunately we were able to maintain our full quality we had minimal incidents through the whole um changeover but I guess, um, you know, there's lots of little firefighting along the way. So um, I'm, I'm very glad that we we uh, have the two facilities open and they're all running smoothly now. But, yeah, definitely uh, a challenging period going through that. Yeah. And just when we mentioned that you're working in over 70 countries globally, how does this all put together? Everything's managed from Australia or do you have offices across the world? So all the research and development and head office is in Australia and all manufacturing is in Australia, but then we have sales and support offices all, all around the world. They're sort of um, dotted around everywhere where we'll have local, um, local sales staff and local support staff to give our customers the best experience. Congratulations. And to any of our audience that are dialing in or listening in from overseas, if you're looking for a company to work for, then uh, hit up Advanced Navigation. Zoe, I'm just giving you a quick plug there that if you need staff anywhere else, they definitely can hit you up. So any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave our audience with? Look, I think um, I think it, it's really exciting to see the, um, the growth in the, the robotics sector in Australia over the last 10 years. You know, we've really seen significant and substantial growth. Uh, I remember one of my early robotics experiences was the um, the sheep shearing robot got built at the University of Western Australia in the early 2000s. And at that time, you know, there was very little robot uh, robotics happening in Australia. Um, and it was a really exciting development. And I think, you know, you you compare that with today and it's complete, it's a complete difference. You know, we have so many exciting robotics products coming out of Australia right now. And the industry is so is so well developed now that yeah, it, it's a very exciting time for robotics in Australia. One of the things we're really excited about is the upcoming launch of the Space Machines robot. And so that that is an Australian-developed um, satellite that, that's basically designed to be a service station. It can go up to other satellites and do repairs on them. And so that, that platform is being launched in the coming weeks. And on board uh, is our Boreas X90 digital fiber optic gyroscope system. And that and that is allowing them to um, to do that really precise docking with other satellites that they're, they're looking to do there. Congratulations. Absolutely fantastic. Um, you mentioned in a couple of weeks' time, so sort of mid-March, end March. I think by the end of February. February, okay. All right. Oh, I've already, I've skipped ahead of the year. Xavier, I'm mindful of your time. Thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And again, thanks to Advanced Navigation for your support. 
if anyone should want to reach out to you, what is the best place? Probably the best place to um, to get me is on LinkedIn. So they can they can search for me and um, yeah, I'll get back to any message that they sent. Thank you very much to our audience. There's your call out. Join Xavier on LinkedIn and uh, hit him up there for any information or to get hold of him. Thank you very much, Xavier, for your time. And to our audience out there, I hope you're well wherever you are. Look after yourself and uh, I'll be speaking to you again next week. Thanks, Nikki.